The following is a reading of the article, How Surviving Cancer Helps Me Cope with the Climate Crisis, that was published to Al Jazeera on the 10th of January, 2020, read by the writer, Katerina Cosgrove. Published here with permission from Al Jazeera. Keep listening to the end for more information. Since the bushfires came through my property and the national park behind it, I wake most mornings with a sharp stone lodged in my throat. Before I'm fully conscious, my grief is amorphous, hard to pin down. Then I hear my beloved bees in the native banksias beneath my window, their low hum in the few flowers that have survived. King parrots, kookaburras and lorikeets have come back to burned trees after the fires. Mobs of kangaroos have returned to graze in my garden at twilight. They bring their joeys, standing up near their mothers, breastfeeding for hours under my gaze. Tender green shoots spring up at my feet. The twisted, blackened trunks of trees suddenly give way to fresh green leaves so intense they hurt my eyes. This resurgence of life, this regeneration of soil and leaf and flower is mirrored in me. I too have been through the flames. I too have survived. My older sister died of cancer, a year to the month after I was diagnosed with the same disease. We were born on the same day, eight years apart, and shared many parallels. Early marriages, a chronic illness, the metastatic melanoma that would eventually kill her. My survival and her death taught me about going through fire and coming out the other side. They give me some insight into fear, anguish, pain and rage. You see, my personal story is intertwined with this land I love, this fragile ecosystem that should never have been colonised by Europeans. It's woven with heartbreak and despair, dry reeds and grasses, some charred, some verdant, and interlaced with my own guilt and complicity. This is what we have all done to Australia. This is what we have done to my small patch of paradise, my biosphere, the entire planet. The fires raging through Australia began in the coastal Queensland hinterland where I live. It was the driest spring in living memory. Neighbours who have lived here for 40 years tell me the ferocity of our fire was unprecedented. In November, the national park behind our house began to burn. When we evacuated, spot fires, fanned by flaming embers, appeared on our lawn, a freight train roar chasing us, pushing reddish-black smoke into our lungs and eyes. We fully expected to lose our beautiful off-grid home on two hectares, but it was saved by the efforts of volunteer firefighters over three harrowing days and nights. When we came back, the once lush paper barks and eucalypts lining our driveway, our herb garden and citrus trees, our fences and rainwater tanks, our clothesline were singed, scorched, dead. Devastation. Our compost bins were mounds of melted plastic. But this is not what saddens me most. More than 500 million animals have been affected. Koalas, kangaroos, pythons, bats, and the plethora of insects and birds in my backyard among them. We are in climate catastrophe, with 6.3 million hectares already burned. 
our biodiversity, our world-famous and symbolic flora and fauna, even our wet rainforests are burning. Australia will continue to suffer year after year if our so-called leaders do nothing to mitigate the effects of this climate crisis. My cancer diagnosis has given me a useful metaphor here. It has allowed me to live, perhaps not comfortably, with this potent mix of dread and freedom, and to move, however clumsily, into a lightness which counterpoints the dark. It has helped me to immerse myself in climate science and not shy away from the worst-case predictions of collapse. It has given me the strength and context to deal with the fires and with the reality of climate catastrophe in mine and my child's lifetime. Through my personal survival, I have understood how to take joy in the small, often overlooked details of daily life, to be grateful, to practice patience and stillness, and to accept the cyclical inevitability of loss and death, not only for me and the people I love, but for all plants and creatures and the entire natural world. The stages of a cancer diagnosis are remarkably similar to the stages of coming to terms with the impacts, both personal and global, of climate change. First, there's the shock and resulting numbness. Then there's the busy, frenetically productive coping mode. In the case of cancer, doctor's visits, dietary changes, heightened energy, disturbed sleep. In the case of climate crisis, planting trees, growing food, harvesting precious water, trying to be self-sufficient, educating yourself. Then comes overwhelm, denial and self-protection. There's nothing I can do. The problem is too big. I give up. And eventually, deep sorrow and breakdown. Losing trust in your body and yourself. Losing trust in the planet's capacity to nurture and heal a sick body, a sick biome. And eventually, slowly, over months and years, we can come out the other side into quiet integration, moments of happiness, even peace. These fires have the capacity to transform me in the same way my cancer did. They have the power to transform all of us, to literally turn over a new leaf, to watch the old leaves, our old ideas, our outdated notions, our prejudices and stubbornness and denial, our refusal to see the error of our ways, our disregard for the truth, blister and sputter and reduce to ash, to witness their metamorphosis. These fires can act as a wake-up call to Australians and the world. They can temper and purify us in their intensity, or they will destroy us. This collaboration came about because of the group Writers for the Environment, which in just a couple of short weeks has grown to over a thousand members, who are active and dedicated members of the climate community, using their written communication skills to further engagement and help with the grief of the climate crisis. We welcome and greatly appreciate this piece from Katarina, and invite any of you listening to do the same. Just drop us an email to hello at climactic.fm or reach out to us on social media where we're at Climactic Show. Thank you for joining us for this special bonus episode and our thanks again to Katarina Cosgrove and Writers for the Environment.
Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Climactic, the flagship podcast of the Climactic Collective, a podcast network dedicated to lifting the voices of the climate community. You can find out more about the people behind Climactic and all the shows we produce at climactic.fm. We are a social enterprise podcast network, and we greatly appreciate your support. You can find a link to our Pausable where you can support us directly in the show notes of this episode or from our website. Thank you for listening, and from the whole Climactic Collective, keep up the great work and take care of each other in these climactic times. The Climactic Collective.